Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Theology for You. Um, ben here with you uh, for this episode. Glad you guys are able to join me as we continue um, looking at the Apostles' Creed. Um, appreciate the feedback that we've had uh, this week, um, this past week on uh, the episodes. Um, do want to encourage you to uh, visit our website, theologyforyou.com. On there you will find a, a pretty snazzy, if I do say so myself, um, a desktop uh, wallpaper uh, for your computer. It even looks good on your phone. I've got, I've got it on uh, uh, my uh, cell phone, my awesome smartphone. Um, so that, that is yours for uh, the taking. And uh, here in the next uh, few weeks, as we continue this series, we'll have uh, some other things to give away. Got a nice uh, printable uh, that Victoria has been working on. Uh, looks pretty awesome. She did the wallpaper as well. Honestly, all the graphics that you see that we share, like on our Facebook page or the um, each episode graphic, is uh, done by Victoria. She is very skilled in that so I'm, I'm very grateful that she helps me with that because if i had to do it they would look um horrendous so let's just be honest that's what it what it would look like so uh we're going to continue today with our uh, basic series looking at the apostles creed i hope the first episode um, as we kind of introduced everything was an encouragement to you we'll start uh really digging into the creed uh in this episode and honestly, not <laughs> we're not going to get very far. I'm sure that's going to surprise no one. Um, but we'll continue looking at it. Just to recap, uh, last time we, we introduced why it was important uh, at this time to look at the creed. And we gave three reasons. One is just there's a, 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 two big reasons uh, were the BuzzFeed video we talked about in the relevant article about Google's theology, and there's just a lot of confusion about what it means to be a Christian, and even um, honestly, what a Christian believes. There's a lot of belief out there that a Christian uh, can really just make up whatever they want as far as their belief system goes. Uh, there's no standard, and honestly, if you if you look at our culture, uh, you can see that there is no absolute truth. There are no absolutes. Um, at all, honestly, when you uh, think about it. So um, that was one uh, big reason. Then another reason we had is um, when we did our Google's Probs um, episode of what it does it mean to be a Christian, one of the most listened to was that episode. Um, that, so very eloquent so far in this episode. So you're very welcome. But uh, those are some of the big reasons. And we kind of recapped... Um, why creeds were important. Uh, creeds um, help explain the Bible. The creed uh, bows to the authority of the Bible. The Bible does not bow to the authority of the creed. Uh, creeds are important because they keep us within the bounds of orthodoxy. A lot of people will say something um, along the lines of uh, deeds, not creeds. And one image we shared this week uh, had that crossed out and said theology unto doxology and we had a very helpful facebook comment um uh, that pointed out as well that even saying deeds not creeds is really just a creed unto itself it is a set of beliefs even though it's a very very faulty one a very uh, shaky one at best so 
the creed is a uh, succinct explanation of uh, what a Christian uh, believes. It's one of the oldest creeds. I believe it even um, predates the Nicene Creed, which is very important as well. Maybe one day we'll be able to go through that together. Uh, so the, the Apostles' Creed. I'm going to read that again for us uh, in this episode. And then we'll uh, begin uh, looking at it. But the Creed says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. One very, very important thing that we see right off the bat is that the creed uh, begins with God. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Um, very important. And one thing that the creed teaches us as well is that when we say we believe in God, we must believe in God as he has revealed himself in the scriptures, in his self-revelation. Um, one important thing that we see is that God is Trinity. It says, I believe in God the Father, the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Uh, that That's throughout the whole, whole creed. It begins with God the Father, and then it goes on to, I believe in God uh, the Son, and I believe in the Holy Ghost. So we really, 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 this is so important, and honestly, in just our, our, our Christian life, that God is Trinity. God is one God, but he exists in three persons, and each of those persons are equally God. So I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in our last last time we met together, we stressed that Christians are people who believe certain things, but that our belief, our faith has an object. It's not just random belief that we uh, piece together on our own, but it is a belief in God as he has revealed himself in the Bible. And everything else we believe has its source in our belief in God. Everything else flows from that. And we see the importance of belief very early in the Bible. In Genesis 15, 6, it says, And he, Abraham, is who that's, he is talking about, believed the Lord, and it was counted to him as righteousness. So from the beginning of Scripture, belief is a characteristic of the people of God. Uh, we see even Noah displays um, belief in God's promises because he did what God commanded. God said, I'm going to send an ark. I need you to, or I'm going to send a flood rather. I need you to build an ark. And therefore I'm going, I, God, am I'm, I'm going to save your family. Um, Habakkuk 2, 4 says the righteous shall live by faith. Romans 4, 5, I, uh, it says, and to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, belief, is counted as righteousness. The first sermon we see in Acts, the people hear 
Peter's message and they asked Peter, what shall we do to be saved? And he says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be baptized and you will be saved. So Christians are a believing people. They believe um, in the God who is revealed in the scriptures and they trust and believe that he has in what he he has revealed. So even though I don't understand the Trinity, I really don't. It's mind-blowing. It's a mystery. Um, but I believe that the God of the Bible is faithful. He's trustworthy. Um, therefore, I, 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 can, I can trust him. Even when the, he reveals himself in a way that is confusing, it's a mystery, and I don't understand. So I believe in God the Father. The first thing the creed teaches us about God is that God is a father. Um, I've been reading through two books by a, a, a Puritan theologian named John Owen. I have a dear friend who loves John Owen and has been encouraging me to, to read John Owen. And then um, one of our college students at our church asked if I would read a book called The Death of Death uh, by John Owen. And then I recently picked up a um, copy of The commun Communion with God by John Owen as well. And one thing he has really helped me with is that I often view God the Father as this person that's full of um, wrath and anger and judgment and punishment. And I, and I leave it at that because um, we see in the New Testament that it's, it's the Father is the one that seems like he is appeased in the atonement of Christ. But I don't always remember that the Father, out of his love, the Father, out of love, sent Christ. The Father, out of love, sent Christ. So when we read verses like John 3:16, very very familiar verse, but sometimes we I think it's so familiar. I know in my own life I just I I, I miss it. It says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world literally you could say god loved the world in this way so god is our father god is our father i believe in god the father it's such a comfort to think of god being my father it really is he loves me he cares for me He's gracious to me. He is merciful to me. He has uh, my best interest at heart. And my best interest at heart always coincides with his being glorified. The Father, because we might have a jaded view of a father because of our earthly fathers. And I had a great, I have a great father. He's still alive. I don't know why I'm talking about him in the past tense, but a father. He's gentle. He's caring. He's uh, protective. He's for his children. I don't know why I don't think about God the Father that way. 
that he cares for me. He loves me. He's gracious to me. Even when he sends hardships and afflictions into my life, even when he is disciplining me, as Hebrews talks about, because of my sin, he still has my best interest at heart. He still loves me even when he is disciplining me. So Psalm 89 verse uh, 27 says, And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. What the psalmist is talking about is talking about the anointed one of God. And God is going to make him the anointed one, the firstborn, the highest of the kings of earth. Well, God can only make someone the firstborn if God the Father is a father, an actual real father not some fictitious being but a father god is our father jesus in matthew 7 verse 11 says if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him i believe it was martin luther that said when we pray and we come to god and we ask requests of him we're not praying to overcome the obstinance and the hardness of the Father, but we're laying hold of the willingness of the Father. Jesus says, If you who are evil know how to good give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? For those who are Christians, for those who are in Christ, those who are who have been united to Christ the father is not begrudging he's not out to get you he's your father he is your father and having God as our father I want this to sink in in my own life having God as our father having God as my father is the highest privilege in the universe God, the Father, is my Father because of Christ. I've been united to Christ, and one of the great blessings and benefits of that is that I have a relationship, a positive, living, and loving relationship with God the Father. So that the Father, God the Father, is not out to get me. He's not out to catch me he's not out to um, point out my faults he's not out to just kick me when I'm down no he's a father he's tender he's loving when I fall down he's there to pick me up it's the highest privilege of the universe and how awful it is of me to have such a negative view of the father many times that he's just this wrathful person who's ready to fly off the handle at any moment while i might not say that and many times i think my actions will show it i don't trust him i don't reciprocate his love 
God is our Father. The highest privilege of the universe. In Galatians 4, 4 through 7, Paul talks about this. And he says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Just look at the greatness of God the Father. Verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son. God there must refer to the Father. The Father is the one who sent the Son. So it's in redemption, it's the Father who took the initiative to send the Son, the Redeemer. God the Father is our Savior as well. He is the one who sends the Savior. He takes the initiative. Initiative. He's not sour and dour, but he's a, a father. He's a father who sent the son out of love. When we connect that to John 3.16, for God loved the world in this way. He so loved the world that he gave his only son. And Paul says here, God sent forth his son. But God sent the son Verse 5, to redeem those who were under the law. So God, the Father, sends the Son to be the Redeemer. He sends the Son to purchase the redemption for those who by nature are his enemies. Those who by nature want nothing to do with him. Romans 5, 8 says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Uh, verse 10. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. So God, the Father, the Holy God, sends God the Son to redeem those who were by nature enemies of God the Son and God the Father. And the result of God sending the Son to redeem those who are under the law is that so that we might receive adoption as sons. A result of the redemption of Christ is God's enemies are now adopted as sons and daughters. If you are in Christ, if you have been united to Christ through faith, by the Spirit, the redemption that he secured, secured your adoption as a child of God. So that Jesus' Father is now our Father. That is truly the highest privilege in the universe. I'm going to keep beating that. But that's the first thing we see in the creed. I believe in God, 
the Father. We're adopted. We have God as our Father. And Paul says, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. It's a, a, a term of uh, closeness, but it's also, when we compare this, when we see Abba, Father again in Romans 8, Verse 16, uh, verse 15, excuse me, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. And when you look at that in Romans 8, it's surrounded by suffering. (laughs) We have God the Father as our Father. We are His children. And since we are his children, we, we are suffering. When we are fighting against sin, we can cry out, Abba, Father, I need you. I need you. I can't do this on my own. I need your help. Father, help me. And we're no longer slaves, but we are sons. We're sons and daughters of God. We have God as our father god the father if that were all that the creed taught us about god that would be amazing we have god the father but god our father is god the father almighty god the father almighty No one can compare to his might. He possesses all might. Not only is our Father tender and compassionate, but he's strong. He is sovereign. He's in control. It's one thing to have a father, but it's another thing to have a father who controls absolutely everything no other king can rival our father no other president can stand up to our father our father is almighty and one day through christ he will squash our enemies he's almighty second corinthians 6 verse 18 says and i will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me says the lord almighty he possesses all all might is found in him i believe in god the father almighty then it goes on i believe in god the father maker of heaven and earth so the creed uh, begins where the bible begins genesis 1 1 in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth everything that we see god spoke into existence god our father spoke the trees the grass the grand canyon everything you see god by the power of his word his almighty word spoke everything into existence psalm 33 6 proves this again by the word of the lord the heavens were made and by the breath of his mouth all their host by god's word by our father's word he made 
everything. And if he made everything, this just shows us again that he's almighty. He has all power over it. He possesses all power over every created thing. Nothing can rival his power. He made everything out of a nothing. He spoke everything we see into existence. Let that really just set in. He spoke everything we see into existence. I cannot speak anything into existence. I can try, I can try, I can try. I think of Carson, my little daughter. Um, she's getting to that point where um, you can tell when you tell her to do something that she's deciding whether or not she should do it. I can tell her, Carson, don't open the door to the fridge because she loves doing that. She loves the fridge. I don't quite understand it. I love the fridge as well, I guess. So I, I guess I do understand it. But Carson, don't open the door to the fridge. No matter how much I say that to her, I can't speak her obedience into existence. She has to, she has to be the one who doesn't open the fridge. I can do other things to keep her from it. I can pick her up. I can uh, move her away from it. But I can't speak her obedience into existence. God, our Father, the Almighty, spoke everything into existence. When God said, let there be light, light appeared. When God said, let there be water, water appeared. When God said, stars show up, they showed up. When God said, sun, you go here, the sun went there. When he said, moon, you go there, it went. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Those are rich, rich words. They're a sure foundation for belief that I believe in God the Father Almighty. He's a strong father, but he's a father. Maker of heaven and earth. He spoke everything into existence I pray that you can see that this is practical for you as a Christian that God is your father he loves you he cares for you he's almighty so the promises that he makes for you as his child he is able to bring them about so that when you go to him in prayer and ask him to fulfill his promises that he has made in his word, he can and he will. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Therefore, he's in complete control over everything we see. I believe in God the Father Almighty. This is where we start. This is where our um, creed takes us. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Well, thank you guys. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next time with Victoria, giving her a little bit of rest this week as she's growing a child. Um, so she's doing a great job. So you can be praying uh, for her. And next time we will begin looking at um, just a little phrase, and in Jesus Christ, his only son, 
our Lord. One thing you want to remember is that first little, the, the beginning, I believe, runs throughout. So when it says, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ. So it's, and I believe, we can supply it that way, in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. And then, and I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Christian Church, and and so on. It's all beginning there. I believe in God the Father Almighty. I hope um, that this has been helpful. Take some of these verses that we've talked about and meditate on them. Uh, meditate on the fact, the truth, the reality that God, if you are in Christ, God the Father, the Father of God the Son is your Father. And it is indeed the highest privilege in the universe.